Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and today it's a reunion of the Tuesday show because it's just (laughs) Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Leanne. Just you and me, like the old days, okay? Right? We were supposed to have Liz. We tried. Can you give us an update on her location, Julie? Yes, Liz is at the UNESCO World Heritage Site San Miguel de Allende in Mexico, and we had every intention of getting a full report on her activities there and sort of a report on UNESCO World Heritage Sites uh, all over the globe. Uh, But unfortunately, our Skype would not uh, cooperate. We got about every, what would you say, uh, 20th word she was saying when (laughs) we did the hookup. Yeah. It was strong. That 20th <laughs> word was had a lot of content, yeah. but we just couldn't string it together into anything coherent. So she's going to give us that report next week when she returns from Mexico uh, on her on her trip uh, to this UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Yeah, she's excited. She's there with some friends. I saw her Friday night before she left, but Skype, not it's at 6,000 feet, that city. So it's yes. up in the mountains and, and I don't know, it's not, it's not Skype happy there. So Julie, right. we are going to carry on. I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. we came. Nothing with, stopping us, Leanne. Uh-uh, no. We came with the bounty of Tuesday worthy <laughs> stories. So now that Liz isn't here, we cut some of our more substantive stories off of our list. But don't worry, because we're going to bring you uh, the Danish art of cozy living, otherwise known as hige. We're going to, we're just going to, we're going to practice saying that, but uh, I, I'm all into this. I know I was first alerted to this at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. I had, I was not familiar with it, but I'm all for cozy living. Okay. We're going to talk about that. Julie, you have a whole pod from nature. We love animals doing outrageous things. We love those stories. Yes. Uh, we have an update uh, from the Satellite Sisterhood on a couple of activities you have been um, in, enjoying and getting involved in, including the Pulpwood Queens. And then yes. finally, I got a letter from the city of Pasadena. And, you know, usually letters that state, like, something is wrong with your business license do not make you oh. laugh out loud. But you're going to want to listen to this because it's super funny. Super funny. All right. But okay. uh, first of all, how was your week? Okay. About a year ago, our 21-year-old son moved out. Out he went, okay? We yep. bought a condo. We finally launched him. He had, you know, and it, was, it wasn't a failure to launch. It's just that you live in a super expensive, the real estate prices in, in your area of California are expensive. So it's hard for young people to move out on their own because things are so darn expensive. Right. right and he goes to a college that has no dorms. So there okay. weren't really any options <laughs> except bad apartments, 
which seemed foolish when we lived in town. But it was ready. We were time. It was ready for all. We wanted to move him out. We found a condo in a great spot, so we ended up investing in that condo. He is living in it currently like it's a dorm, and when he graduates, he will start paying the rent on it. Um, but it's only 500 square feet. It's charming and lovely and has high ceilings, but it's it's cozy. It's huge. It's huge in there. And um, so... The good news is it's two miles from our house, uh, and I never go. Like, I've only been there three times in the whole year. And once was, like, to move him in, and the other time was to wait for a repairman because the refrigerator broke, and he was at uh-huh. school. Um, but I noticed when I was there in December taking care of the refrigerator business that the whole place <laughs> was just – it was just overrun with stuff. Like, the buildup <laughs> over the last year in every corner of his 500 square feet – he was trying to overwhelm him, you know. And he didn't really have an organizational system for his books and his clothing or his household items. They were just – was he piling? Was he hoarding, Leon? Was no, it, not hoarding, see? but, well, there's some hoarding, Julie, actually, now that you mention it. But, yeah, he just – certain things he absolutely definitely organizes. He's a photographer, and yes. he has a lot of gear. And his gear is meticulously organized and unbelievably for some place that's small, 500 square feet. It it has tons of storage, this place. It's a really well-designed 500 square foot place. Um, But other stuff had started to pile up, mainly things like recycling, for instance. There's no recycling in the building. So so he didn't want to throw a recycling site in his apartment. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So just like, imagine like a year's worth of like, you know, grocery store bags. So, you know, the paper bags from the grocery store. Imagine a year's worth of that. Or you know he is 21 so six pack holders he doesn't they don't have newspapers this generation so that's not a plan now also imagine you know i passed along um my addiction to sparkling water to my children they they love the seltzer water in the cans uh, that i've been giving them since they were babies and now they've discovered la croix the finest of these seltzers so and he's also an art student so he started when he moved out going through quite a bit of la croix on his own which is gets expensive and heavy, but he has yeah. saved every LaCroix can for a year because he swears he's going to make a sculpture out of it. And, a and those are all in the apartment. Yes. He has a year. So I guess he is hoarding. Those have now, they're all in trash bags and they've migrated to the lovely patio that I was sure he would be entertaining on. Now it's okay. just a storage unit for his LaCroix cans for the once in future art project that he's going to make. And just a lot of stuff was shoved under the bed or he's a lot of cardboard things like that. You know, packaging. <laughs> just in case the apartment doesn't work out, he wants to be able to shelter in place somewhere know. down. <laughs> so every nook and cranny was crammed. So as part of his Christmas gift, we said, you're going to get two hours of our time. You know, your oh. father's going to go over there and going to put up those light fixtures and all the artwork that's leaning up against the walls and do this and that and the other thing. And I'll do some light cleaning. The refrigerator that was broken was cleaned out, but not to the highest and best. So yeah, there was yeah. some things I had to straighten out there. I promised that I would take him to the grocery store and stock the fridge for the second. He's starting his term today. And so it just, it just made me laugh. Just all the stuff we ended up hauling out. Again, there's no recycling. So we took all the recycling home. We had like a car's worth of recycling and the cans and the paper. And when we finished, he's like, wow, this place looks great. It just looks so much. Leanne, big. 
I think this is an HGTV show. I mean, people don't know that you and your husband as a team have superior organizational stylistic design skills, you know, that that you have done this at Liz's place in Oregon, right? Right. When you go up there on vacation, you are like organizing Liz's closets and hanging pictures and doing all sorts of things. I think you two could uh, could have your own show, sort of a spin-off, a fixer-upper, only California style. Cleaner-upper. Cleaner-upper. <laughs> yeah, straighten-upper. <laughs> I just, and my husband is, he's relentless when it comes to household tasks. Like, he doesn't halfway get through things. He all the way gets through things and then yes. cleans up after himself. So, you know, the light That's why got- you're a powerful team. Yes. I mean, he has <laughs> yes. that determination. <laughs> yeah. You have the design side. You don't have as much determination as he does. No, he does. I can easily. No, no be, one does. Yeah. No one does. No one does. But that's, that's why a powerful pay. That is a nice gift. That, that it really. is a good gift. So I wanted to share that. If you have a 20 something, you know, this isn't a regular thing. I, again, I, we moved in a year ago, a year later, we gave him the gift of two hours to do this. I'm not regularly cleaning his apartment or even going over there, but because we actually technically own it, we just like to have some eyeballs on it every once in a while. So he really, really appreciated it. And we didn't even, we used our full two hours, actually three, to execute all the tasks and the recycling that we needed to. And so we're going to do the grocery store shopping this week, the restocking in the fridge, because the fridge was fixed in December and I opened it up. And of course, there's just one six pack of beer and some hard (laughs) cider in there. (laughs) There's no food. No mustard? Not like a jar of mustard? You know, because that's usually the... There's literally, I was like, this, what, what have you been eating for a month? <gasps> oh, well, it's better than that. opening it up and seeing a lot of like really old food yes. or, you know, yes. really old takeout in yes. there. So he had cleaned that, all that, that be- out. He just hadn't okay. restocked. And that, and why you're asking how, what does he eat? There's a taco truck right on the corner, like kitty oh. corner from his apartment. There's a taco truck. And I think he eats there like six nights a week and then some. So anyway, it was a good gift. We enjoyed our afternoon of, of cleaning up after him. It was a, it was a holiday Monday. So we were able to do that for him. And now, you know, we really don't have to go back for another year. He's in good shape for, for another year. Oh, the buildup. Oh, the buildup. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a break. A word from our sponsor, Away Luggage. And then we'll be back. We're going to tell you all about the Danish art of living cozy, which I don't know, Julie, I thought Sheila invented the art of living cozy. Yes, she did. But she can't say Hygevit. What is this word? Hygevit. We're going to talk about that when we return. Stay with us. Hi, Satellite Sisters. It's Leanne. I'm Leanne here with Julie. It's a it's an impromptu Tuesday show because Liz is out of Skype range in Mexico. Julie, we have a lot happening on the show today. Well, not really. I just say that <laughs> to, to distract people. We have a lot. It's, it, this is a kind of show that is going to be transporting. It might not be transformative, but it's going to take you in different directions right. than you would normally go on a Tuesday. That's what I think, Leanne. Yeah. There's a lot happening in the world this week, but we're focusing on what's happening in in, uh, Denmark. So, okay. I was not aware of this Danish art of living cozy, or that's a loose translation of the word hygge. And if you've seen it around, it's probably because in 2016, it was a runner-up for word of the year. And it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E, but it's pronounced hygge. 
key day. And <laughs> Are I, you sure on that pronunciation, Lena? I watched you just... like three YouTube videos today with Danish people talking about Hege. We can't <laughs> okay. move our mouths like Danish people, so it's okay. not really going to work for us. But the concept, I think we can embrace, and particularly mm-hmm. in the winter months. And this is it. And if it sounds a lot like what our sister Sheila Dolan used to do on the cozy couch, it is. It's basically this. It's get cozy, people. Bring warmth into your life. Life. Bring interaction. Eat a nice piece of cake if you want to. No one is judging you because it's all hige. And the Danes yeah. particularly admire this. It's been a part of their culture for a long time. It all starts with lighting candles. Okay, you have to have soft, warm lighting. Go ahead and light that fire. If you're tempted to put on some cashmere socks, now would be the perfect time if you want to get hige. Get yourself one of those fuzzy robes or those big throws, those furry throws that you see. Or how about the, yeah, the ones that you can wear, the throws you can wear. You could even get one of those. Yeah. That's hige, isn't it? Hige. Yeah. And then you have to, the main thing it seems you have to do is drink a hot beverage. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. coffee. Maybe it's tea. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's cocoa. Or maybe it's that stuff glug that they all drink, that mulled wine. And yeah, then, it's like a hot potty. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And then you want to do some cuddling, maybe some game playing. If you feel like singing, please sing. Please, I won't be joining you, but please sing. Just don't involve electronics or technology. Instead, Hyuge is kind of this tactile experience where everyone feels cozy and, and feels like they're part of something warm and supportive. And Julie, doesn't it sound fantastic when you think, think it, about it? It does. It's a nice thing to do. Well, the Danes do it because it's so cold and dark in Denmark all winter, you know? I mean, I when I lived in Russia, it was the same thing. You know, you got to turn on the lights. You got to make it cozy. You got to put on a cozy sweater. You got to do something to fight against the cold and the dark that's outside. Yeah. So you get, I think we can all do it. Even if you have daylight, even if you live in Southern California, you have times, right, where it's gloomy there, yes. right? Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I practice hygge, I realized, um, when I just drive around with the seat heater on. Like, to me, that's the best. Oh, I love that. I yes, know. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like really Getting out of yoga and blasting my seat heater and just driving around in my own car. And yes. I know that doesn't involve, like, interaction and face-to-face conversations, but I don't care. That's my own little bit, corner of hygge. I like that the adjective of hygge is hygge. And then there are all yeah. these words, like there's an actual word in Danish for cozy clothes. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's like, which, which Sheila invented, cozy clothes. I know. And now everyone in but Santa Monica wears cozy I do feel bad that she was so on board with this whole cozy trend, you know, 10 yeah. years ago, frankly. Uh-huh. But all it's all of a sudden in the last two or three years that Westerners have discovered this practice that the Danes have used. And so there have been a bunch of hit books, and now there are websites. And now, of course, because we're Western, we want to buy stuff. So now there's product lines. There's bakeries. But I'm, I'm for any movement that involves cake, you know, and that seems to be a big part of Hyuge. That's a nice thing to have have like when it's cold and dark and rainy or snowy 
like a nice piece of cake and a cup of coffee or tea. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So, and they, I, and, and social people, um, you know, who study sort of lifestyles and social trends say this is kind of a reaction to that whole Japanese art of tidying up and living with five things and, you know, only having things that spark joy and getting rid of everything else. That's not really what the Danes are practicing here. The, Dan- yeah. the Danes want you to value the things you have, but if they're cozy, all the better. Like, don't get or rid of that. does that spark joy? <laughs> I, I see these as compatible. You do? Uh, yeah, because I think if you have a cozy bathrobe, that sparks a lot of joy. You're not going to throw that away. Not, you're, right? When you're tidying up. You're going to keep those warm, cozy socks, right? And if you have cake in your house, that is going to be, that's joyful, Leanne. (laughs) It's funny because on uh, this weekend, our sister Monica was in Bend, Oregon at the, at the little cottage Liz has there. And it was a super snowy night. You know, they've gotten feet, like six feet of snow and the house was all lit up. You could see some candlelight. And she went outside and took a picture and then just texted it to me with the comment, Hige. So yes. Monica's on board with Hige. I know that. So, I mean, it's a good thing for the dark, cold Northwest. Yes, you would embrace that. But it all seems to start with the candles. you got to light the candles. Apparently, have you ever been to Copenhagen, Julie? Uh, no, I've never been there. But I know that in in many, you know, like in uh, in in Denmark, that it's very common even at breakfast. That because again, because it's dark there. It's dark, I know I that. Guess. Pre- yeah. Yes, that they have candlelight at breakfast. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's. I was it. surprised to read that people yes, were talking that, about. Yeah, 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 their daily practice, and oh, we light a candle in the morning. I was like. At breakfast, like I use a lot of candles, but it never occurred to me to light one at breakfast. But you're right. Well, why don't you try that? We could, you know, the ne- when you get a cold, dark day, yeah, uh, in southern in Pasadena, you know. Yeah. Well, you last try week that, like, we had rain all week, and I have yes. to say, we, you know, my theme for 2017 is keeping it real. So yes. as part of that, we're trying to sort of disconnect from media at night. And every single night last week, we we ate out in the living room. We had candles. I lit the fire, and my husband and I just talked to each other. <laughs> It was weird, but <laughs> but we did it. We managed a, a whole week of that. That's pretty good. <laughs> Leon, you got to write a book about mar- marriage secrets. How I it's weird. how I survived my Hugue week. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's a good one, Leon. Okay, well, I think we should. All, I mean. I don't see how you can be opposed to this. I really you can't don't. be opposed. Yeah. Other, other than you know, of course, so you know, lifestyle critics. There was a think piece on on Hige in the New Yorker, and they said one of the problems is it with it is it sort of breeds conformity. So, for instance, the Danes, if somebody you know really like bums out their Hugue, be like talking about something controversial or saying, I don't like that. People are like, oh man, you're not Hugue, you know, don't bogart my Hugue with that political comment or, oh my gosh, you know, how could you not like the girl with the dragon tattoo or whatever? And so, uh, so that, <laughs> that's Swedish, I think. Anyway. That was, it's good. It was the region, Leanne. That was a good reference. Good, Scandinavian. Good Good cultural reference there. Okay. <laughs> so that, you know, and it also, it also gets to the idea of like, well, you know, because the, the Danes are always 
voted like the happiest people on earth. Like they're very happy. Yeah. Like all this yeah. fugue, this coziness, the candles, the cake, it makes them very happy. Um, but they also, you know, are content monetarily and they have a lot of leisure time. And that, that's what socialism <laughs> gives you. So that's what really high taxes gives you and lots of child care. Uh, but um, so there's a trade off. So there is, of course, the New Yorker found the dark side of fugue. But of course, I think. Lighting some candles, having some tea, that doesn't seem that expensive to me. That do, It doesn't no. seem like that excludes a lot of people. So even if in the small bit of leisure time you do have, you fugue it up, I think that's a good thing for people, especially in the winter months, especially. Okay. Okay. Very nicely and very nice. You know, this week I was searching... So, you know, you've heard that sometimes like when you when you feel like, oh, you got a lot of problems or there's a lot of stress in the world that you should try to think about the universe because it gets you outside of yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, If you think about things that are bigger than you, uh, that helps to put whatever you're dealing with in in perspective. And Leanne, I saw something that was bigger than me and I sent you that video. I don't know if you have seen the hunchback alligator of Florida. Have you seen this guy? No. Uh, he's, he's called the hunchback or Godzilla. Okay. He's over 12, 12 feet. Uh, he's, he's now an internet sensation. You can watch this. He's, he lives at the circle B bar reserve at the Polk nature discovery center in Lakeland, Florida. And I, when I saw this, I could not believe that that creature and that I, that I, that I could be on the same planet with this creature because he's, he's just, sort of magnificent and awe-inspiring in his hugeness. And, you know, he's from he's from another place in time. Leah. Oh, wow. He's I'm like, looking this up now. Yeah, massive gator uh, spotted in a nature preserve in yes, Lakeland. He, massive right, here it comes. Right. It's coming up. Godzilla, hunchback is what they're calling him because he has a large hump on the back. But oh, I, I my suggest- gosh. Look at him. I told you. So if holy you are feeling, cow. if you are not, I know, Leon. holy cow is right. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, sorry, that's I, you the know. news playing. Okay. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Still don't really understand how, how the internet works. All right, go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm just saying that if I, I pass that on, we're going to, we're going to try to post that, uh, as just, you know, as, as a way that if you need, if you're feeling stressed this week, you might want to want to ponder the hunchback alligator of Florida. Cause he is magnificent. He is. It's just like a jowl or something. It's <laughs> like a, what's that thing turkeys have that thing under their neck? I don't know. No follow-up questions, Lee. No okay. follow-up questions. Okay. I don't know. That is what I got. On that. Okay. But I mean, he's the good news. So the hunchback Godzilla is the good news. The bad news is I, I kind of got on this nature uh, kick this week. I thought, well, I found I've been doing a lot of babysitting. <laughs> And my son and daughter-in-law like to read Nature magazine. So oh. I picked up Nature magazine. I thought, well, this will be enjoyable and transporting in that it's, uh, you know, it's not politics. So I'm happy about that. Um, but I, the bad news, here's the bad news, Leon, is that uh, apparently the Eurasian wild pig, uh-huh. uh, it, which have you seen this guy? He, they I'm are looking not him up now. Do you- Okay, yeah, Eurasian wild yeah. pig. Yeah. They used to be in sort of just regional areas, but the bad news is they are spreading all across the United States. Oh, and in fact, oh yeah, and they're blaming the warmer climate 
climate change may have aided in the spread of these Eurasian wild pigs. And people just don't have anything good to say about these pigs because they transmit disease, they destroy crops, and they compete with the native wildlife. So, so these are not the pigs people are going to take home as pets. They're, oh, they're so no, smart. No. They're smart as dogs. Oh, stop. Yeah, they're no. pigs. Okay. No. <laughs> you're not okay. believing that? You're not. You're not. Okay. So they're bad. So we have these, we have a, we're going to have is if you did not have enough to worry about, oh, now you gosh. have to worry about your Eurasian wild pig because they're coming. Get that gator the- and get that gator on the pig duty, I think is the way I to do he it. Might, he might enjoy a nice pork meal. I'm not sure. So. We just it just got me reading about predators and then I I <laughs> Wow, this is a feel good story. <laughs> feel good story. Well it does get very good after that because then I was reading about the country of New Zealand. I mean Kiwis, they seem like a peace loving group of people. I've never I it's on my bucket list of places in the world that I really want to visit visit. And I'm reading in Nature magazine that they have an audacious plan to get rid of all invasive predators on the island of New Zealand by 2050. They want to rid New Zealand of rats, possums, and sloats. Now, sloats are a cousin of weasels. Now, these are... these. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I told you. But you might want to use that term on someone. Oh, yeah. you're such a sloat. It sounds like a Shakespeare is yes, slight. Yeah, he would have been probably slowed. came from. That. Yeah, but uh, you know, because rats, possums, and sloats were not indigenous to um, to New Zealand, they have, and they're ruining the island because the island is just has beautiful small lizards. They have flightless birds. They have all this native fauna. They have insects, and the rats and the possums and the sloats are eating and uh, eating everything and and really ruining the ecosystem in New Zealand. And it is such a problem that there is absolute popular support to kill all of these rats, possums and sloats because for the conservation benefit uh, for New Zealand. So how about that? So, so there are no animal rights groups you know, raising their hands. No, I mean, they're just saying that because the threat to the natural environment of New Zealand, that these animals are really threatening it, that they've got to go. So, but that's, you know, so if you're a scientist, if you're an animal behaviorist, uh, or if you're just, I don't know, an exterminator, you've got a big job. (laughs) If you have to kill all the rats, (laughs) some sloats on the island. Okay. So they have, a multifaceted plan, Leanne, to get to get rid of these uh, predators. Okay, number one, they're going to use poison bait. You know, that's that's you know sort of uh, you know that's the groundwork yeah. for a lot yeah. of the things. They're also going to use traps, but these are high tech traps where they're going to. They have the ability. Oh, this is just unbelievable. These are electronic reset capabilities that can reset up to twenty four times, so they can kill. You know, they can kill a rat and then, I don't know, they dispose the rat and then it automatically resets and they're just ready to go. 
I mean, they've got, you know, they got to kill a lot of, a lot animals. of rats. Yeah. They got to They're going to do some gene editing. They're going to, do, uh, they're going to try to, uh, to do that, to see if they can manipulate the genes of the rats and the possums and sloats so that they don't uh, mo- <laughs> uh, multiply. <laughs> Steffi doesn't seem like she's on the New Zealand plan so at speaking all. Speaking of gene editing. <laughs> I like to edit the bark out of her genetic code. Yeah. Yeah. Just really. And then they're going with, and this is going to be, this is, then they're going with what they call the Trojan female technique, where they, uh, they have female rats, possums, and sloats that are, that they, again, they have adjusted the DNA so that when they mate with the male, um, it it leaves the male sterile. Oh, good. Oh, that's strong. I mean, I, I mean, when well, I hear I just, that, I wonder why can't we get that some of that technology in people like that, <laughs> Leon? That is not I'm that is saying. not in the spirit of <laughs> no, that's not not okay. one bit. But I this was I had no idea this was going on. I'm really actually shocked that a country would consider just you know ridding. What really is going to attempt to do this? Well, when you know? we, now that you're talking, when we were in the Galapagos, they eradicated rats from the Galapagos Island because yeah, they the rats, were yeah. they were they were killing the tortoise population. They were eating all the tortoises' food and everything like that. So they did the same thing. They did a big rat eradication there that was successful. So yeah. uh, to save the tortoises. So I guess yeah. you know all all men are created equal, but some men are more equal than others. You know, in the oh. animal kingdom, all pigs are yeah. created equal. Some pigs are more equal than others, As except you know. for those Eurasian wild pigs, which <laughs> so. are not not so good. Not so good. Well, anyway, so does I'm it just change gonna, your I, opinion of New Zealand as a yes, peaceful it does. country? I feel like it's a country of killers now. Well, I, I think a, that's how it started, right? It's kind of a warrior country, you know. Yeah, I guess, really? but I just had no idea. I thought the peace-loving Kiwis, that's the way, that's what I was going yeah, with. Yeah. So I, I'm just, but I'm going to, so New Zealand, I'm just putting you uh, on record. I'm going to be watching you. I, I, I just, I really don't even know what to think about this, Leanne, because it seems so extreme. But they, you know, but because they feel the threat to their environment is so yeah, extreme, yeah. they're going to take take these measures. Well, I had to do a little, you know, extermination, eradication this week. You know, don't we all? From feeding that feral cat for a couple of years while I was in between dogs, and um, I'll be honest, I mean, it was fine. We didn't have any relationship except here's the food, and I never touched her. I had no interest in it, and um, so I noticed, you know, once the dog showed up, she was not as enthusiastically showing up for the food. And a couple times she would come and then leave. And and then uh, for like two weeks over Christmas, I put the food out every night. And then I go check at the, you know, at the window to see if she'd come. And like one night there was a skunk there eating the food. And one night there was a possum. And another night there was a coyote right. eating the cat food. I was okay. like... Okay, I this seems like a really so, bad idea. I don't want to be kiwis. Call yeah. the kiwis; they know what to do. I just didn't. I just don't put the cat food out anymore. I just don't want to be the crazy lady on the street feeding the coyotes because I think it's a kitty cat. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I like skunks. Skunks are fine, but um, so, but that's it. So my relationship with the feral cat is over. It was. I feel like for a year and a half, I, I was a nice person, but. Okay. But okay. nature, nature has taken its course. It's the circle of life. 
Now okay. the dog is back and the cat is gone. And that's how it works here. That, that seems where yeah, I think you have, you have achieved the balance that you need in your life. <laughs> one final, one final uh, note on, uh, in our nature discussion today, Leanne. There was a story uh, today in the Wall Street Journal about that a number of state parks around the country, you can pick a state, they are all really strapped for funds uh, that, you know, that budgets are slashed, state budgets are slashed and state parks don't have enough operating income. And so they've been looking at a wide range of of ways to raise money to support uh, and maintain state parks. And what a, a number of states are doing uh, and it's, you know, it's it's controversial, but for example, the state of Wisconsin is considering selling the naming rights um, in its park. Uh, so, for example, you know, it might be, you know, the, uh, you know, you might have a corporate name that, you know, this park is brought to you by AT&T, you know, State right. Park. Or, you know, it might, you know, some some states, uh, for example, the state of Virginia, North Face, uh, the clothing company, um, has, uh, pro- you know, provides some sponsorship for the state parks in Virginia. And so they get their logo on all the trailhead signs. Oh. Uh, but, but you can understand that. And, you know, but all states are kind of are considering private public partnerships in order to to maintain and to operate these, you know, these wonderful places to go. Uh, and it just got me thinking, like, I'm not really in favor and seeing a lot of seeing a lot of corporate logos on state parks, but I would be in favor of seeing a satellite sister trail somewhere at some state park. Wouldn't you? Well, again, you know, how I, I know feel you know about hiking. <laughs> No, this could be a walking trail. I was thinking of it in particular. <laughs> Maybe even a paved walking trail. <laughs> I, I would be all for sponsoring a few bathrooms, ladies' rooms in, in National oh, okay. Park. That seems okay. like a good fit for us. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is bathroom. where sometimes I think, you know what? We got a whole lot of rich people here in America. Somebody should just step up and personally sponsor a national park, like uh, we've done on the freeways. Or a national park, or these or state in this parks. Case, state parks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm so sorry about this dog. This the, we we adjusted <laughs> okay. our timing on the recording, and um, this is like a highway of human beings from eight to nine at our house. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. Uh, but you know, you know, sometimes you think like, okay, maybe you know, some rich rich person should just step up and just sponsor the state park, like we have on the freeways here in California. You know, you can sponsor parts of the freeway, the cleanup of it, and you get a little sign, yes. and it's tasteful. And there's yeah. a part here that Bette Midler famously sponsors. It's just nice to see Bette's name, and you know, she's responsible for paying for the maintenance. So. I think that's that's okay. So you're so maybe not corporate, but you'd be okay with celebrity state parks. Yeah, Yeah. or just human beings with money can step up and you will put you will slap your name on it. You know, I don't. It doesn't have to be a corporate logo all the time. It would be nice if you know people stepped up and did that. And I know, like we make a donation to the some parks foundation every year in honor of my in laws and stuff like that. But yeah, it would be nice. I mean, again, there are a million excellent charities, but you're right, state parks service a lot of people. I like them. They, they do. I, they do. And it creates, you know, opportunities to access nature for so many people. So yes. yeah, we should keep this in mind. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, okay. Uh, I'm just passing that out there. Okay. All right. Uh, 
What's oh, am I next? Is it my you all? Letter? You were going to talk. I know. I know the barking. The barking is bothering you more than than anyone else. Like, but you were you to, you told us at the beginning of the podcast okay. oh, here's that my, you received yeah. a letter from the city of Pasadena. All right. So uh, we we made some organizational changes here at uh, Satellite Sisters, and one was to change the location of where our company is technically registered, um, mainly because <laughs> mainly because. We we had mail going to basically two places where it never got anywhere. I'll just leave it at that. To a P.O. box in Santa Monica and to an accountant who had stopped doing our accounting, apparently, without telling us. So long story short, the name of our production company is Mudbath Productions. And now all the mail comes to me. So just because I'm home all day and I open the mail. So it seemed like a fail-safe thing. You know, it's not like we have a ton of mail anymore or giant checks coming through the door. But <laughs> And you'd tell us if we got any giant che- checks, would. wouldn't you, Liam? Uh, so, but it seemed like somebody somewhere should be attending the mail on a regular basis. So then I had to file for a city business license, right? Mm-hmm. So regulations. So I did. And then I got a letter back last week from the city of Pasadena. And it said that my license was filled out incorrectly and it needed additional information. And then there was something highlighted on the letter, this yellow highlighting. And it said, private residences may not be used for massage parlors. (laughs) And I was like, what? And then I realized our name is Mudbath Productions. Like they thought I was personally running a mud bath out of my house. (laughs) I mean. I just started to howl. There were like tears coming out of my eyes because I mean we have been called many, many things in our professional life. Yes, many of which we will not repeat on the air because they're terrible. Uh, but um, but we have never been called massage therapists before. So it just really, really made me laugh. I was like, oh, my Just gosh. the thought of, like, Liz as your masseuse or even <laughs> Sheila as the masseuse. Really, any of That's- us. That's keep me happy all day. We don't even really touch each other. Why would we want to touch strangers? Like, (laughs) it just, oh, it just really, whoo, that red flag at the city of Pasadena. No massage parlors in residential neighborhoods. Mm, Okay. You don't want to start that rumor with your neighbors that you're running a massage parlor, Leanne. Certainly not. No. So how do you correct that? I, I, I'm going to, I have to look closely at it. I, I may have to go in person or just write a letter explaining we're a production, we're a production company, not a day spa. <laughs> so, oh, it makes me laugh. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, the, oh well, oh, I wanted to mention, yeah. um, I, you know, we love the satellite sisterhood and we love all the things. Leanne, just a shout out, boy, the book club, you got so many, so many responses, so many comments that was, and if you, um, I, Carrie has the voting up for the next book. Um, I don't think the voting is closed yet. So you definitely want to check that out at, uh, the satellite sisters, Facebook group. I want to, I want to do a particular shout out to Mary Lynn, Mary Jane, Glinda and Betsy. These are four satellite sisters that attended the Pulpwood Queens um, of, uh, girlfriend weekend. Now, you know, I went to this last year and satellite sister um, Betsy was there as well. And uh, we had a great time. It's a three day event and they have and you get a lot of interaction with authors and you get to hear about writing and inspiration. And it's just fun all the way around. So Betsy went back 
this year. They have moved the event. They've moved the event to Austin. Uh, but as well, several other satellite sisters were in attendance, Leon. So that is excellent. And they noted at the, on our Facebook group that they might be involved in the or, you know future organization of the Pulpwood Queen Girlfriend Weekend. Now I don't know what that means, but I've met Betsy, and if she's involved with organization, that's going to be a good thing, Leon. That's yeah, going to be. She, she organized thing. our meetup in Austin last year. So yes. that was when I was in Austin. She was on it. Picked the place. Yeah. It was perfect. They're on time. Fantastic. Oh yes. That's good so for the Pulpwood Queens. That's it good is really good for the Pulpwood Queens because it is run by Kathy, and Kathy uh, runs a hair salon, and she's just a book lover. And so she puts on this festival. She has a whole book club, the Pulpwood Queens Book Club, where she selects, recommends books. Um, but she also does this girlfriend weekend. But it is a total labor of love, and she she get she enlists everyone in her family to help run this operation. So the fact that we might be, uh, that the Satellite Sisterhood might be providing some organizational strength and backup to the Pulpwood Queen Girlfriend Weekend, I think is going to be very positive. And it may be something that next January, it's held every January. I don't know much about the location for the 2018 meeting, um, but we'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, you know, Julie, it's a good reminder that we are having our own Satellite Sisters Girls Weekend in Southern California. Okay, it's just yep. one event currently, but there will be more. We're planning more. Maybe maybe Betsy could plan, plan it for us. I'm so busy with the massage parlor. It's hard for I me know, to Leanne. focus. And you're yeah. you got to make your house so cozy. Yeah, you got a lot to do. I got a lot She's... going on here. Um, but uh, August 20, or, sorry, not August, April 22nd. It's Earth Day, by the way, April 22nd. 2017, all five sisters will be appearing at the Santa Monica Public Library. It's a Saturday afternoon. We'll be there at 2 in the afternoon. We'll do some kind of talk and then some kind of book signing. And then afterwards, we'll do some kind of meetup at a no-host bar place. Uh, And if there are other activities, we will let you know. But if you are planning maybe a spring break with your girlfriends or thinking about coming to Los Angeles, that might be the weekend to do it, April 22nd in Santa Monica. Uh, That's also the weekend of the L.A. Times Festival of Books. So if you're a book lover, you can come to our event Saturday and then go to the L.A. Times Festival of Books on Sunday. But more details, just a reminder, April 22nd. Save the date. Um, good. All right. Well, Julie, uh, what's, oh, I'm going, what's happening. That's it. I'm going to DC this week for the women's March. And, um, I am meeting a college friend there who's from Seattle, her daughter-in-law and her, or her sister-in-law. And then her daughter's coming from Ohio. She's in college in Ohio, but I'm happy that I'll know a lot of other people there. Uh, my sister-in-law from Berkeley is going to be there with my niece who goes to school in Ohio as well. Ruthie, Sheila's daughter, will be there. Uh, Our cousin Sarah from Boston will be there. So I'm getting ready, planning my outfits. I want to thank Jenny from Iowa who sent some cute hats for our group. We really, really appreciate that, Jenny. And we're going to go, hopefully, you know, be safe. I know. Stay noisy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. I. I I think one of the reasons I was uh, focused on the rats, possums, and sloats in uh, New Zealand is I I have a fair amount. I mean, I'm worried about you going to Washington. I just. I mean, I just hope it's a peaceful demonstration for all involved. You know. I. You know. I've been. That. That's. I think really important. I do too. 
I do too. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it yeah. hadn't even really occurred to me, the safety issue. And I've read some stuff this week and I'll take all the safety precautions that we need to take. I'm taking the safety issue very seriously. I feel like yeah. we'll be aware. We'll have everything there. And Julie, I thought about it. We're supposed to write a contact number on your arm. Uh, yes, I, I, just, saw, I saw. You know what? I'm putting you down as my contact. Okay, good. You right. know, my husband doesn't answer his cell phone. Like he's right. worthless and he doesn't. And, you're, and your son is too busy collecting re- recycling materials. He's, yeah. He's probably And I keep the- my phone charged. I, Liz is out of the country and yeah. uh, I, I'm on it, Leanne. You I'm pick up it. anywhere, anytime. So you are going to yes. be my contact number. But I, I, feel, I feel like it'll be a very positive experience and I'm looking forward to it. And I know there will be other Satellite Sisters in and around the area. I, the The... It seems impossible to try to meet anyone anywhere. So I'm sticking with my people. I'm going to see my sister-in-law and my niece the next day, and I'm looking forward to that because I haven't seen them in a while. So we're going to figure out a place to meet up in uh, in D.C. after the march. But so that's it. That's that's the week ahead uh, for me personally. You know, can I just say a note? I was sad to see about the closing of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Me too. Yeah. You know, I know that there had been issues uh, over the last couple of decades with animal rights groups and the elephants. And we actually talked about this on Satellite Sisters. And I went to the circus with my kids and they took me through the elephant program and the training and everything like that just as a PR thing. But we grew up going to the circus every year because where we grew up was right next to Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is the hometown of Barnum, P.T. Barnum, P.T. Barnum, P.T. Barnum. So he P.T. Barnum, the figure was a big part of our childhood. There was a P.T. Barnum Museum. There was a Barnum Festival. You know, kids were chosen to be uh, Lavinia Warren and Tom Thumb. And my dad, our dad was the ringmaster of the Barnum Festival one year. It's, it's funny. Yeah, so you guys rode in a, on a float. I don't think I was born yet. So I don't. I wasn't on the float. But I've heard so many stories. I feel like I was on the float. But we went to the circus every year at Madison Square Garden, and I absolutely yes. loved it. And and I, I know it was controversial, and it was around for 146 years, but uh, it did make me sad, actually, to read about yeah. it. So yeah. as soon as they got rid of the elephants, guess what? No one wanted to go to the circus anymore. And that, you know, they had some darn fine clowns at that circus and all those trapeze artists and... The people being shot out of cannons. I mean, when I, I went like 10 years ago with the boys, it was like, this is an unbelievable show. It was just, yeah. remember, the lights would go down and you get those spinny things and you'd spin them <laughs> around. It was lights. very exciting. It was it part was of our childhood. We had so very positive exciting. memories. Uh, so, uh, and that's a long tradition. So, uh, but, you know, that's. Yeah, P.T. Barnum, here's to you. Here's to you. I know know it was controversial, but it also provided a lot of entertainment for a lot of people. So there you have it. Um, All right, Jill, are you doing anything this week? I know you're you're really on... Urban Nana yes. duty. You're on. I, ha- I'm on, I have an Nana. Urban Nana assignment. My yeah. daughter-in-law is in Equatorial Guinea, and you can all look that up. So I am. I'm acting as you know home base. I, I with my son is here, but we're you know I have I have a full roster of childcare assignments this week, Land. So uh, so my phone will be charged. Okay. So uh, because I, I have a lot of assignments this week, so don't worry about that. Okay, okay Joel. All right. 
All right, everybody, you know, you can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. We do do show notes. We try to put all the links of things we mention on the show in the show notes. So if you're looking for something, it's there. There is a search feature on the website, too, that you can use to look up old shows. Uh, we posted the Madam Secretary recap yesterday. We were so on it. Uh, so you can find that at iTunes or at Stitcher or anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Thanks to everybody for supporting Satellite Sisters. Thanks to Away Luggage for being a sponsor this week. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.